That's about to read the schedule. Thank you, Alex. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that we welcome you again this morning, and we just pray that the Holy Spirit will continue to guide and direct us. And uh, we're going to stand, and we're going to sing hymn number one, and then Frank will bring our opening prayer, and then High Priest John Axon will bring us a message this morning.
Would you bow with me, please? Oh, Lord, we come to you this morning, and we ask that thy spirit to keep burning within all of our hearts today, and that the spirit that's in this house, as we all come together to worship in thy name, to be with us. And we ask that uh, Brother John to bring us a message that the Lord feels like that he needs to uh, share with us this day. And may our hearts all be open to understand in our minds and to be able to incorporate all the learned things that we can into our lives. Be with us this day, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, I'd like to welcome you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I know sometimes um, <clears throat> I don't always organize a meeting like I should, but fortunately we have people like Sister Pat Whiteman to keep us lined out, and I thank you, Sister, for, let, for doing that for us, for keeping us lined out in that meeting and, and for your music this morning. It's my pleasure to welcome you again. This morning, I, I cherish the times that we sin, spend together, and I mean that. And I, you know, a lot of times you hear somebody say that, but I literally mean that, that I cherish the times that we spend together. This morning, I'm just going to have some brief comments this morning. I'm not going to uh, preach the whole sermon that I've prepared due to the time. But I want to talk about this morning that uh, my theme is covenant and friendship. You know, a lot of times we think about the covenant that we took in the waters of baptism, you know, and, and typically that's a, a communion Sunday address, but it's something that needs to be on our mind all the time, that covenant relationship that we've made with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and that continued covenant that we've made with him, and continue to try to to hold fast to that covenant, you know, and to be able to separate our thoughts and our actions and our deeds from the world around us and to stay focused on him. Jesus not only wants to be our friend, but he wants you to acknowledge him, to profess his name, that he indeed is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. We talk about the covenant, and I also want to talk about friendship. You know, and in Proverbs 17, 17, you know, this is very apparent. Um, <clears throat> naturally, I don't have that marked, but uh, I've got everything else marked but that. But a friend loveth at all times. A friend loveth at all times. You know, as we... Think about the friendship that Christ wants to have with us. But before I get into that friendship, I want to talk a little about the covenant. In Genesis 9, 17 through 23, in the inspired version, you know, we read about the covenant that the Lord made with Noah. Going on down in Genesis 22, we read about the covenant that God made with Abraham. In Exodus 24, 3 through 8, we read about the covenant that God made with Moses. 
You know, in Jeremiah 31, verses 31 through 34, we read about a new covenant. And that new covenant is what we were a part of. Of course, we're part of the old too, but the new covenant was the blood of Christ that was shared for us that we accepted in the waters of baptism. And that new covenant that I'm mentioning in Jeremiah 31, 31, it says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. Although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts and, and write in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Their inward parts right here, their heart. It's a heartfelt thing. It's a heart issue and I can't express that enough that it's a heart condition the love that God has for us and that we share for him and this this pursuit so to speak Paul talks about that constant pursuit him wanting to apprehend God him wanting to apprehend Christ as Christ is wanting to apprehend him you know we read about that in Philippians chapter 3 about the apprehension you know and in uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that which also I am apprehended of Christ. He knows, he recognizes that Christ is after him. He wants him spiritually. He wants to be connected with Paul. He wants to be connected with us as well. We have to recognize that pursuit. Do we want to pursue God as much as he's wanting to pursue us? The answer is yes, right here in my inward part. So many things I could share with you this morning. But as I mentioned, Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34, I was brought back in remembrance to Jeremiah 7, 22 through 24. Incidentally, this was one of my Uncle Robert's favorite hymns, favorite scriptures. You have to remember, as I share my thoughts about my Uncle Robert, he was a godly man. He was a church member. He went to the Navy in his early 20s. He got out of the Navy and never came back to church. However, he did not quit reading the scriptures. He continued to study. I could call upon my Uncle Robert and ask him certain things about the scriptures. When I first got called to the priesthood, of course, I was scared out of my mind, you know, and I'd call him up and I'd ask him questions. And he was so well-versed that he could just name things right off the top of his head to you. He was an over-the-road trucker. So he had his headset on most of the time. So he and I could talk through four, I mean, you know, 30 minutes or an hour at a time while he's driving down the road at nighttime or in the daytime 
or whenever the thought came to my mind, hey, I need to ask for somebody's opinion on this, that first one thing and the other. So I was blessed to have him in my life. <clears throat> but one of his favorite passages that he mentioned to me in one of the sermons that I give years ago was Jeremiah 7, verses 22 to 24. It says, For I spake not unto your fathers, nor commanded them in the day that I brought them out of Egypt concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in the ways that I have commanded you, that I may be that that it may be well unto you. But they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in their walked in the counsels in the imagination of their evil heart and went backward and not forward. We do not want to go backward. We want to remain steadfast and focused and move forward. The Lord knows the intent of our heart. He knows what we want. You know, in, in the book of uh, Mosiah chapter 3, it talks what I recall is, you know, in verses, Mosiah chapter 3, verse 11, is where I have got it written down as the three steps of salvation. You know, you can reread that. I'm not going to read it to you, but I encourage you to reread -re that this afternoon. Mosiah 3, starting in verse 11, I call the three steps of salvation. You know, and I mentioned in my prayer this morning the hope of a glorious resurrection. We have that hope of that glorious resurrection because we've taken the name of Christ upon us. We've accepted him as our personal Savior. Those that haven't do not have that hope of a glorious resurrection. You know, I mentioned Brother Tracy's testimony that he shared with us about his remaining steadfast to the end. And I shared my testimony as well in my regards to remaining steadfast until the end. One of the other passages of scriptures I want to share with you is out of the Doctrine and Covenants, section 3 of the Doctrine and Covenants, paragraphs 10 and 11. I used this passage about a month ago when I presided over the prayer service that came online out of the independence. And as I, as I shared this, new meaning was brought to my mind. This passage is in regards to those of old that were worried about your soul, that were worried about you staying connected to this gospel. And they wanted you to know that. Section 3 of the Doctrine and Covenants. I won't read paragraph 10 in its entirety, but I'll go to paragraph 10C. And it says, Behold, all the remainder of this work does contain all those parts of my gospel, which my holy prophets, yea, and all so my disciple desired in their prayers should come forth unto this people. We're those people. It was their desire that this Book of Mormon, this fullness of the gospel, come to us, that we have a further understanding and a further testimony of Christ. 
And I said unto them that it should be granted unto them according to their faith in their prayers. We must have faith in our prayers. Yea, and this was their faith, that my gospel, which I gave unto them, that they might preach it in their days, might come unto their brethren, the Lamanites, and also all that had become Lamanites because of their dissensions. And in paragraph 11, it says, Now this is not all. Their faith and their prayers was that this gospel should be known also, if it were possible, that our nations should possess this land. Excuse me, that other nations should possess this land. And thus they did leave a blessing upon this land in their prayers, that whosoever should believe in this gospel in this land might have eternal life. Yea, that it might be free unto all of whatsoever nation, kindred, tongue, and people they may be. But it was their desire that this gospel move forth into this dispensation of time. They wanted to us for us to be connected and to be able to feel the Spirit of God as they felt His Spirit. They wanted us to be able to read the things that they wrote down in regards to Christ being with them. And for that, I'm grateful. That covenant. And you ask again, why a covenant? Why? Why is this covenant so important? Again, I turn to Doctrine and Covenants, section 22, verse 23, and I know you're familiar with this passage. And you could probably say it by heart. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, The heavens, they are many, and they cannot be numbered unto man, but they are numbered unto me, for they are mine. And as one earth shall pass away, and the heavens thereof, even so shall another come. But there is no end to my work. And we get a little, little testimony of that in the passage that I just read in section of 3. There is no end to my work, neither my words, for this is my work and my glory to bring to pass the immortality and the eternal life of man. This is why we need that covenant to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. But again, I ask you, why a covenant? John 15, 15. Because Jesus wants to be our friend. He wants that connection, that personal friendship. A friend is who someone you can share everything with. Your tears, your prayers, your thoughts, your deepest feelings, your secrets. What a friend we have in Jesus. 378 is our hymn for that. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to share everything with God in prayer. But John 15, 15, it says... Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. He wants to make that known unto you as well. 
a friend is someone that we can share everything with. But I mentioned what a friend we have in Jesus is not 378, it's 543. <laughs> I don't know where 378 come from. But anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. But this, the section that I read to you previously in section three touched my heart in a way that's, that in one of the passages that, that uh, Steve shared, one of the scriptures that Steve shared this morning in the opening of our prayer service, um, I had written down for this service. Second Nephi 14, 12. It talks about the welfare of our souls. But as I make that connection with the Doctrine and Covenants in section 16, paragraph 3, it says, Remember the worth of souls is great in the sight of God. For, the, for behold, the Lord your Redeemer suffered death in the flesh, wherefore he suffered the pain of men, that all men might repent and come unto him. That's what I had in connection with 16. I very rarely use my phone in the pulpit, but I want to share with you again some just some thoughts that I came up with in the last couple of weeks. This is why a covenant. God wants to be your friend, and I shared with you John 15, 15. And again, James chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. <laughs> we read about God's conversation with Abraham. <clears throat> God wanted to be a friend of Abraham. Genesis 12, 1 and 2. John 16, verses 7 through 27, talks about the Holy Spirit and our connection and that friendship we have with the Holy Spirit. In the Doctrine and Covenants, section 17, 2F, God speaks to man as he did in days of old. Why? Because he wants to be our friend. He wants that personal connection with us. Throughout the scriptures, we read God wants a covenant relationship with his creation. And what a blessing that is, just to have that personal connection, that still small voice, you know, and I know I've got it marked here in Words of Mormon. And I don't have it marked down, but it just so happens I turn to it. The Words of Mormon, chapter 1, verse 10. And it says, And I do this for a wise purpose, for thus it whispereth me according to the working of the Spirit of the Lord which is in me. according to the working of the Spirit of the Lord, which is in me. And I pray that that's in all of us. But <clears throat> going on, and I'm, I'm bringing this to a close, but also James 4, uh, Zacharias 13, 6, Matthew 26. What are the words that Jesus asked Judas? And you have to remember, Judas betrayed him that same night. When Judas come walking up to him to lay his hands on him, to give him a kiss, signifying he was the one, Jesus said unto him, Friend, why do you come? Jesus knew what his intentions were. He already knew, but he, he called him friend. You have to remember shortly before that, Jesus washed his feet 
Do you have a friend that will wash your feet? Jesus will. What a blessing. Friend, why do you come? The words to Judas tonight, he betrayed him. It was said to Judas, friend, why do you come? <clears throat> Again, in John 15, 12, and 13, you know, one of the things I read here a while back was, was from a man. He, he was a, um, he used to be one of the co-owners of the Texas Motor Speedway. His name was Dallas Willard. You know, and Dallas Willard was a multimillionaire and had money to do anything, go anywhere, do anything he wanted. He had probably five, six hundred employees, you know. But he was a man of God and still is. Knowing that he could buy himself anything in the world, this is one of the things he would tell his people when he'd, he'd gather them together. I treasure the presence of God more than the presence of the world. Knowing that he could buy anything, he treasured the presence of God, the Holy Spirit of God in his life more than the presence, the gifts of the world. You know, so if you don't remember anything I told you today, remember that very statement that we need to treasure the presence of God more than we do anything, any gift that we can receive in this world. <clears throat> Such a blessing. In my closing scripture, and I'm sure you've heard this one before too, but I don't even have it yet. It's R169. And I wasn't going to share this with you, but I just happened to have it on my phone. <laughs> Thank goodness for phones, right? But anyway, I do have section 169, and I want to share with you paragraph 5 and 6. It says, Stand fast on the principles of my gospel, for they are true and designed to be a benefit to mankind. Many voices are coming forth and have been with you in the past that claim a better way, but I am still the only way to the Father. The voices and philosophies of men lead to destruction and separation from me. And in paragraph 6, it says, Seek to spend time in true worship of the Father. Just as a flower follows the light, you must follow me. Open your hearts and your ears to hear the Spirit breathe. And let that Spirit I have sent you teach you Expect the burning of the Spirit to confirm what you hear. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Thank you for this time that we've shared together, and, and I hope you have a great evening. I don't know if you all are having services here tonight, but uh, I just uh, pray your blessing upon this day and the days to come. John.
when John read that scripture where Jesus Christ brings past immortality and eternal life of man, I finally got the true understanding that the Lord impressed upon me that the spirit is eternal. But immortality has to do with our bodies. And for us to be able to have that immortality and eternal life it comes through Jesus Christ through the resurrection when he sacrificed his life for us. And when we accepted him as Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we have that promise of immortality and eternal life. We're going to close with the scene of hymn number 382. Then Alec will bring our benediction. Our kind and loving Heavenly Father, we come now to the conclusion of this service and our time together this morning with grateful hearts for the ministry and fellowship we have shared in. Thank you for Brother John's message to us this morning and the good spirit that has been throughout us ever since we arrived here. Father, I now ask a blessing upon us as we leave this place, especially for our friends who have traveled from afar. 
that you might keep us all in safety until we gather together again. In the name of Jesus the Christ, amen.